Welcome to Marketing Tales with Chris Raposo, a podcast created to spotlight and highlight marketers, tell their stories, and share their knowledge with those interested in all things marketing. If you're interested in more than just the cut and dry strategies and tactics and want to learn more about the human side of his guests and how they got to where they are today, then this show is for you. Oh, let's say someone in the audience is wanting to start out on LinkedIn in the creator economy. At the beginning, how often do you think they should post like you five days a week? I did five days a week. I don't recommend that to anyone anymore. It's just it, LinkedIn has become very, very noisy as well. It's it's tough to stand out. But I think understanding what you want to stand for, like what's your POV, like what's your narrative and, and stand for something and like be strong about it, regardless if it makes people angry or not. Like if you believe in it, that's all that matters. And do it because you want to do it. Do it because like you're getting joy out of this. Because when it becomes to start to feel like a job, trust me, I've been there, I've been burnt out and like it just doesn't become fun anymore. And you have to be okay with stepping away and doing breaks occasionally because it's a grind and you have to figure out what works for you. Is it posting two days a week? Maybe. Is it posting five days a week? Maybe. But but don't just post to add to the noise out there. Okay. Hey, thanks so much, Nick, for being on the Marketing Tales show with me today. I really appreciate you taking the time and just sharing some of your knowledge and your history uh, with uh, with the audience. So did a little bit of research on you. Um, I saw that you have a degree in sports and movement science. What made you want to get into marketing? Uh, to be honest with you, it was it was all by luck. So I got out of school thinking I was going to be a big shot athletic director or an agent or something. It turns out none of that was true. I could go to school further if I wanted to be an agent or anything, or I could go sell tickets for the Red Sox making $10 an hour. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound fun. Why did I even go to school? And so I actually went into sales right after, which then put me through a channel marketing role, which got me to field marketing. And it was it was totally by luck. I had no intention of going into marketing. I didn't even minor in anything from a marketing degree standpoint. Well, it's definitely a perfect fit for you, uh, as far as I can tell. Um, so with your current role, you're currently the senior director of ELG and evangelism at AirMeet. In about 60 seconds, what does AirMeet offer? Yeah, so we are a virtual event platform that really creates like elevated experiences for people through virtual events. And we have an in-person component coming out as well. So we just want people to be able to experience webinars, conferences, VIP type of events um, the way it should be, attendee first, which is really, you know, ultimately putting people first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, so the word evangelism, I know that from the evangelical circle, but what does it mean in SaaS and SaaS marketing? Yeah, it's, you know, for me, when I think of evangelism, I think of so many times executives at companies and founders. And, you know, I think of people like Chris Walker and Sangram and all these people, they're executives, but they should be evangelism. They're going out there evangelizing for their product, their brand, to ultimately drive business. For me, being in MarTech, 
in being a marketer that has been looking to solve these problems for so long. I want to just be able to create content, go out there, do podcasts like this, and just really kind of like get people to know, not even about the, the company, but about me. Because ultimately for me, like we're trying to drive a people first go to market versus a company first go to market. And I feel like evangelism, not only within your employees, but also your customers and your partners tells that whole story. That's a good point. Um, I also saw that you recently started the Anonymous Marketer podcast. Um, Why did you start that one? And, and what is the podcast about? Yeah, so I started it because there were so many times marketers have questions. I mean, me specifically, I had questions I was just afraid to ask because I didn't want people to judge me like, hey, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Why did we hire him? And people turned to communities when the pandemic first started. However, communities have become so oversaturated that a lot of times your you know, colleagues are in these communities too. So you also don't feel comfortable asking these questions. So I wanted it to, to be a safe space for people to ask any type of question you know, that they want whether it's around tactics, whether it's around layoffs, unfortunately. Um, and then I would just, you know, bring a guest on and we would answer those specific questions. And so we've done five episodes so far or released five episodes so far, so far, and we got a couple more coming, but it's, it's just to kind of help marketers understand and start that conversation. It's not about what's right and what's wrong, but if we can start the conversation and increase the the dialogue there, then it's a win-win. Yeah, that's good. That's a good, uh, good, good reason why to start. It's why I started my podcast as well because I just started in July in the marketing field, and I have so many questions. And for me, it's every time I meet with some marketer on this show, it's like a boot camp for me. And I just wanted to share that knowledge with uh, with my audience as well. Um, let's talk uh, creator economy. Um, as a SaaS marketer, how important is it to be all in on the creator economy? Uh, meaning, being willing to start a podcast or being active on LinkedIn or create videos. So, I mean, I think it's the future and I think it goes back to embracing like a people first mindset, because when I think of like a company first mindset, I think of like faceless marketing, brand spam, like, you know, it's like, you know, notifications at airmeet.com sending you an email. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's not, it doesn't have anything behind it, but like what we want to do is like have it so a real person is sending you the email, replying to reviews with a real person, like making it so that it's much more authentic. You can connect a lot deeper. And mm. then like the creator piece comes in because ultimately we want to empower people to be creators, whatever that means to you. Go out, do a podcast, maybe do blog posts, you know, whatever it is, but we want to embrace and empower you to like do your thing because in MarTech and sales tech, I feel like this is definitely... We're in the early adopter phase, but I think over the next three to five years, we're going to see mass adoption where people are going to be like, hey, I'm going to change my strategy. I'm going to either start to bring in creators full time onto the staff, or I'm going to work with them externally. And you're borrowing their reach, their authority as well as you break into new markets, new verticals. And it's a much more collaborative approach over what it used to be, where it was really like the brand telling the creator what to do. It's very much a collaborative effort where everyone wants to ultimately see it succeed. And um, I think we're going to see a lot more here. I'm actually writing a book on it right now where it's all about the creator economy and B2B and influencer marketing 2.0 and just companies need to adopt this. And you see these smaller companies like the startups and like high growth companies like being able to adopt it. It's like the mega companies that are having a harder time because it's like they're still stuck in that old school mentality and they don't 100% embrace modern day marketing yet. 
but I think they're going to be forced to. And then as you get outside of MarTech and sales tech, I think we're going to see probably maybe another like seven to 10 years. It's going to be a lot harder, like IT, cybersecurity, all these things. Um, it'll come, but it'll just be a lagging piece of it. Yeah. So uh, looking at your LinkedIn account, I, I noticed that you have, you're, you're nearing 50,000 followers and you said you had 15 million views over three years period, right? Uh, but when did you start your LinkedIn account and um, when did you or why did you start getting active on LinkedIn? It's it's a really great question because it'll actually, we're, we're in March. So I have started three years ago, uh, actually, like to the, to the day. Um, and so I was in Laguna Beach. I was working for a company called Clary. And so my boss at the time, Kyle Coleman, who's very well known on LinkedIn, uh, he's the SVP of marketing over at Clary. Uh, he was like, yo, hey, you should post about, you know, failed marketing. No one's talking about that. 650 million users at the time. No one talking about that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. There were so many misconceptions about what it was. And I love a good challenge. I'm a very competitive person. I mean, the sports background. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I just started creating content around failed marketing for six months. And no one liked my stuff. It was literally like crickets. Um, and it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, man, this is so depressing. Like, and I just tell people like, it's, it's the long game. Like it's going to all work out. And so at six months, I started to see a little bit of traction and it took me till a year before I started to see like a big upswing. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to stay with it. And like, I was posting five days a week, like early on, just again, getting like 200 likes. I'm not 200 likes, 200 views, a post and like maybe one or two likes, maybe one comment. And it was usually like a friend of mine, nothing crazy. Um, and that just kind of like took off and like people started to associate me, associate me as like the field marketing person, um, which allowed me to then branch out into other topics as well, like ABM, customer marketing, now this whole creator economy piece of it. And I think when you stick with it for long enough, people are going to like you for you and mm. like being your authentic self. They're going to like the content that you create regardless of what it's about. And that's okay. You know, you're, as you're content involves, you're not for everyone. And there's going to be people that ultimately, you know, unfollow you or un, you know, unsubscribe or whatever. And that's okay. Um, just as life evolves, like you evolve in the way that you work and like the way that you create content. And I think everyone should, should have that mindset. Yeah. That's very encouraging because this up what I'm encountering right now is like, I barely hit a thousand impressions on my posts, you know, but I feel like if it hits one person, if it's if it makes an impact in one person's life, then it then it was worth my my effort. Hundred percent. I always say that I'm like, listen, you know, I'm only looking to help like one person a day. I'm not looking to move mountains. And like, there's so many lurkers out there, and they will never like, they will never comment on any of your stuff, but they will send you DMs at, at some points, and they will say, thank you so much for posting this. This helped me, and like that is the reason why I want to do that because like there's just people out there that just it's not their thing to be social, and you know they're scrolling and consuming, but. Mm -hmm. Just know, like, there are many more people than what you're getting on your posts right now that are probably reading it that you just don't know until they start to send you DMs. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Um, so let's say someone in the audience is wanting to start out on LinkedIn in the creator economy. At the beginning, how often do you think they should post like you five days a week? I did five days a week. I don't recommend that to anyone anymore. It's just it, LinkedIn has become very, very noisy as well. Um, you know, it's it's tough to stand out. But I think understanding what you want to stand for, like what's your POV, like 
what's your narrative and, and stand for something and like be strong about it, regardless if it makes people angry or not. Like if you believe in it, that's all that matters. And do it because you want to do it, not because you think, hey, like everyone tells me I should be creating content on LinkedIn or any other social media platform. Do it because like you're getting joy out of this, because when it becomes start to feel like a job, trust me, I've been there, I've been burnt out and like it just doesn't become fun anymore. And you have to be OK with stepping away and doing breaks occasionally because it's a grind. And I mean, like I said, this has been three years and I can only imagine what another three years from now is going to be like. And I have uh, twins on the way and it's like. I'm just at the times like I'm just going to be spent like I'm not going to have the ability to do as much as I used to do and like that's okay too and you have to figure out what works for you is it posting two days a week maybe is it posting five days a week maybe but but don't just post to add to the noise out there like again like try to offer value and like what is actually offering value mean like for me it's like sharing lessons like programs that I'm working on different types of things that I've experienced in my past like again if you can help one person, amazing. Um, but I would the one thing I would say is find 10 to 15 other marketers or whatever profession you're in and you know, make note of when they post because they're probably already creating content. You look up to them because you've probably seen their content. And be one of the first people that actually goes and comments on their posts on a regular basis. Because what you're going to do is you're going to organically start to build that base back to your own page before you start to even create your own content. And that will help fuel a lot of like the posts that you want to create just from commenting on other people's stuff. That's great advice. Um, what kind of content should they should people that are trying to start out uh, focus on? Should it be educational, inspirational, entertaining, and in, in your opinion, what gets the most traction? I, I would say educational. I think that's one of the big things right now. Like I said, for me, even like today, I still really enjoy when people are talking about projects that they're working on. Like I read one today, um, a post, and it was all about um, LinkedIn conversion ads, basically. And like they were talking about conversions and like what's a better ad spend based on a pro like a project they were running. And like for me, that stuff is so interesting. Like I may not be working on that specific project, but like if I can take one or two things away and like share it with my team on like how to do this better, I think it's amazing. So that's that's the biggest thing that I enjoy. Like ultimately people are going to like whatever you put out there. Like there's some people with over a hundred thousand followers that could say the sky is blue and they'll probably get like 500 likes on it. And yeah. um, it's just, you know, it, it's going to evolve over time. But the, the education piece, I think is there's so much fluffy stuff out there. The education piece, you can't, you like, you can't fake that. Yeah. And also that will help you get jobs in the future because you're sharing how you actually think, how your mind thinks. So you're not, you're never even going to need a resume because mm -hmm. you're sharing all your thoughts in real time and like building in public. And I can tell you, I haven't used a resume in about four years now. And like every job that I've gotten has been strictly through LinkedIn, people reaching out. That's amazing. That's, that is amazing. And I love that advice uh, that you just gave. And I, you know, you do the same thing. You build trust with your audience and everybody can see what you're posting. So also be mindful of that. Um, yeah. Quick pivot, um, Mavens of Merch. What are you offering there? And uh, what's your tagline there? Yeah, so, so you know, I, I came up with this tagline, haters hate, creators create. And so I, I loved it. I was like, listen, from posting content, I've developed a lot of people that don't like what I put out there. And that's totally cool. But like, 
ultimately like creators are still going to do their thing. And it's just like any public figure. It's like, you know, you have to like block out that side of it and like how to figure out how you overcome these mental barriers and just keep on doing your job, keep on creating, keep on being innovative. Because do you think, you know, it might be a bad example, but Elon Musk, do you think he really cares like how many people trash him on Twitter? Probably not. He's still a very successful person. Um, And so you just have to keep on like powering through. And so I know the team at Maven's pretty well. And so they were like, hey, we're partnering with some creators and we want to create like a merch line. Like, would you be open to doing that based on like the the, the slogan that you came up with? I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just didn't, you know, I, I mean... You know, I guess to be clear, I make no money on any of this. It's solely just because I enjoy seeing it out in the public. It's really fun. Um, but it, it's a break even for me. So like, I don't actually make anything. It's just something that I like to offer people. And like, when I do certain projects, like I like to send people stuff. Um, but there were so many people that started buying hoodies and t-shirts and hats and mugs. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And they tagged me in LinkedIn. And it's just like, this is so fun to see, like, it's just now people associate me with like that slogan. And it's like, it's really, really fun to kind of put that out there. And I, I, I want to develop more stuff, but I feel like for me right now, like it's kind of like a, a big thing that I'm a believer in. I want people to also be a believer in that there will be people that hate on you, you know, as you continue to grow and you just have to keep on doing you and like put your content out and like, who cares what people think? You're not doing this for them. You're doing it for you. Yeah, that's definitely something that resonated with me. That's why I got one of those hats. <laughs> well. I love it. I love it. Uh, so I was like, dude, this is the perfect tagline, and I just got to support that. And then I, I got myself a hat. So uh, it looks amazing. I honestly, I love that color. I have it. I wanted to get the gray. I actually don't have the gray. I have mm-hmm. it in the black, but the gray is, on, and I pay full price for my own stuff as well for anyone out there. Like, I don't get a discount or anything, I pay whatever the price is on the site. So, I am going to order one of those because I do really enjoy the gray. Yeah. I got to give me a sweater or a t-shirt as well. So <laughs> I, I love that. Um, let's, let's finish up the episode here. What is one important lesson that you have learned over the course of your marketing career, especially as a LinkedIn creator? Don't be afraid to fail. So, and, and don't be afraid to talk about failure. So many times people paint, LinkedIn is a beautiful place and that like the world is wonderful, but like, let's be honest, the world is not wonderful and not every day is, is, is a beautiful thing. And I think it's okay to talk about failures and it's okay to have failures. I was actually just talking to someone on my team yesterday and I was like, listen, like I'm okay with trying stuff outside of the box. If we fail, who cares? Like no one's going to point a finger at you, but we want to make sure that we have lessons learned from those failures so that we can figure out what to do moving forward. If we fail and we fail and we fail and we don't actually take anything away, that's one thing. If we fail multiple times, but we take these lessons and move forward and kind of like pivot throughout our journey, I think that's quite okay. And like, there's, that's been a big thing for me because I've in the past had the finger pointed at me for programs that have failed. Mm-hmm. And um, it it's it stinks. It hurts a lot. And it's like, I never wanted to be that person when I became like a people manager or just, you know, just helping people in general. Um, so it's it's something I live by every single day. I love that. Yeah. Fail forward. It's my motto. Yep. I love that. Um, two books you would recommend anybody should read about marketing to advance in their career. Or if it's not a book, what podcast or what influencer to follow? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm not huge into books. I would say from a podcast perspective, I really like um, Revenue Vitals from from Chris Walker. It's, it's definitely a good one if you're like a demand gen marketer or early on in your career. 
he does some really good stuff there. Um, I've done a few shows with him before. Great company. Um, there's, there's really, you know, I, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts either. Um, there's one that is called content logistics actually from Camille Trent. That's another good one. Like if you're a content marketer, you should definitely be listening to that one. Um, but we, so part of my podcast runs in like a, a podcast network of shows. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of us. There's myself, Camille Trent, uh, Aaron Balsa, Christine, Bra Christina Brady, um, Brett McGrath from the juice is now in there. So like, it, again, like we put out like high quality stuff and like, we kind of all support each other. So, uh, I would say that in the, another one, you know, the marketing millennials is another good one. Daniel Murray, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, worth checking out too. Okay. What's the best way to contact you either about air meet or just to get some advice? Yeah. Reach out on LinkedIn. That's, that's definitely the best place. Um, all my email, like, if you email me, it's going to get like, I use gated. So like, it doesn't usually get through, but like LinkedIn DMS, I will reply to unless you're, you're pitching me in the first DM. Yeah. Um, but if you're reaching out and just like truthfully looking for advice, like I always try to get back to you like pretty quickly. Okay. That's great. Um, in your network, let's say if there's anybody you think should be on this show, who, who would you recommend? I would say, I would say, Pete Lorenko. So he's, he was a mentor of mine. And actually my pre I brought him into my previous company and he was my boss. He's now VP of global demand at a company called Haiku. Um, but he has years of experience, like doing marketing, um, you know, way higher level than, than I have. So he's someone that could really talk about, you know, the short-term long-term plays, like how to impress a board, like how to actually, you know, progress from like junior all the way up to a VP and like running an entire marketing organization. So I would definitely recommend him. Awesome. I'll reach out to him. Thanks so much for that. And that just concludes the episode, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Take care.